what's going on. It's Sean and the Word. It is Easter morning, 2020, in America, especially here in Florida. We are on lockdown. Uh, the government has instituted a lockdown for the communities because of the outbreak of this pandemic, COVID-19. It has ravaged, it has ravaged nations in more ways than one. And uh, I was talking to my sister yesterday. She's in the medical field, and she was saying that uh, it's it's way worse than we could imagine. That they're not releasing some of the things that this this virus can do to a body. And uh, I understand. I understand. It's just still difficult for for us to be on lockdown and quarantine in the midst of our life. And uh, but God. You know, we want to be obedient. We want to be faithful. We want to we want to honor the Lord and honor uh, the officials that are in charge. And we just trust that God's going to work it out. And he's doing something so deep in us and in his church and all the way throughout Facebook and other social platforms. We're seeing my friends and, and people that I know and acquaintances. Man, God's doing such a special work in their lives and in our hearts. And I'm thankful. Well, today we're going to talk about Easter and uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And i like to start by just sharing a story. You know, in 2002, uh, 2001, November 2001, I had got arrested for driving under the influence of alcohol and uh, was spent the night as Thanksgiving Day. I spent the night in Thanksgiving Day in, in Volusia County Jail. And I was just pondering, you know, oh, Lord, what <laughs> what, what am I doing here? How did my life get to this place? I was 21 years old, no, 22 years old. And I was just, uh, I was in shambles. I was, in, I was not who I knew that I should be and what I could be. I was rock bottom. And I was thinking about everybody who would find out that I was in jail and what they would think about me. And I, I really didn't care. Then I thought about the Lord and how he always had put in my heart, even from a young age, that he had a plan for my life and that it was a special plan, something that he wanted to use. He wanted to use me. And he kept telling me, he'd always tell me that he loved me. And I just I just didn't listen. And uh, the day before that, that, that night, I had saw somebody that I worked with. His name was Henry Rivera. And I saw him that I had worked with him years before and he had shared the gospel with me like he would come up to me at the construction site and share the gospel and it was like dude get out of my face man you know I was just a kid and he says Jesus loves you Jesus got a plan for your life and I'm like you better get away from me man well the day before Thanksgiving I saw him at, you know 6 o'clock in the morning where I was going into the convenience store and he was coming out and he was shining like the noonday, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit and the love of God. And he sees me and he goes, hey, man, you give your life to Christ yet? And I'm like, no, nah, man, you better leave me alone. <laughs> and he kept walking. And uh, the Lord recalled that moment while I was sitting in the jail. And I said, you know, it was like he was just standing there. And he's like, Lord, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a folly. I'm going to seek you. And uh, after I got out, I started going to church on Sunday nights and just listening and 
really wanting to hear what truth was. It was a small Baptist church in the middle of the land and had like six people on a Sunday night service, uh, old, older people. And uh, the pastor was preaching through the book of Ruth. And now you're talking about somebody who was in ESC classes his whole life, had a learning disability, and really couldn't, I mean, just never read anything. And he's sitting there reading from the King James Bible and going through the book of Ruth. I mean, I probably understood nothing. But the Holy Spirit started doing something in me and really began to teach me how to pray. And I remember coming to the understanding if I walk five minutes that way, I have to walk back five minutes. And if I just talk to the Lord the whole time, that it will help me. And that's what I started doing. I just started walking and talking, talking to the Lord, learning how to pray, learning how to communicate. And then I would come home and, you know, open the Bible and ask him, hey, help me. Help me to understand. If you're real, you know, I'll follow you all the days of my life. Just show me. Help me to understand you. And I remember the first revelation that I ever had, it was from John chapter 1. And uh, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then I read all the, kept raging, and I got all the way down to verse 14, and then the Word became flesh. And for the first time, I had a revelation, uh, what we would call illumination, but to me it was a revelation because I had not ever, never heard or understood anything uh, like this before. And the Holy Spirit revealed His himself to me that Jesus was God. And it just, man, it ignited my heart, and I shared that with my pastor, and he's, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and uh, so but I kept going to church on Sunday nights. Sunday nights, I was doing two jobs. I was working during the week doing construction with the air conditioning company. And on the weekends, we were kind of slow, and on the weekends, I would help my brother-in-law change semi-tires. And when I told him that I was going to church on Sunday nights, he did not believe me. I said, he, he thought I was just trying to get out of going, finishing the day. And I said, man, I'm serious. You know, I really, really need to go. Well, it was coming up on Easter Sunday, and I had never been to a church service during uh, a Sunday morning. And I really felt that I needed to go on Easter Sunday morning uh, in 2002. And uh, with that, I I asked my my brother-in-law if I could have off, and he he said, man, I don't know, man. We really need you, and then don't do this. But I stopped at the store, and I said, Lord, if you want me to quit this job and just start going to church on Sunday mornings, help me win something on this lottery ticket. Now I was just a babe in Christ, and, you know, the Lord can use anything. And so I bought this lottery ticket, and I scratched it. And I remember I won $50. And I went, and I told my brother-in-law that I said, this will be my last weekend. I'm, I'm going to have to start going to church on Sunday mornings as well. And uh, he understood. Little did he know the results of everything years later. But, but I showed up on church on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, and it was unbelievable. You could feel the presence of God. People were just so sweet and nice and dressed great and it was really an amazing experience such a such a fresh experience and i remember sitting in the right backhand corner of our sanctuary and at the end of the service it was like the preacher was just preaching to me the whole time that jesus loves me and god had a plan for my life i needed to surrender i didn't need to be ashamed of the gospel ashamed of jesus i needed to give him my life and i'm like man this is for me, you know, first time I ever heard preaching like this on Sunday nights I had heard teaching, 
But this was like preaching. This was anointed preaching under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And uh, then they did something that was weird. We all stood up. They never did this on Sunday nights. We all stood up, and then the pastor invited people to come down and give their life to Christ or to surrender and not to be ashamed. And I just stood there, and it was like the whole church just turned around and looked at me like, are you going to go? Like, that was for me. Like, they knew that was for me. And I'll never forget it. It was like the Holy Spirit just picked me up. I'm a big guy. And he just carried me down that aisle. And I looked up, and my cousin was down there as well with me. And, man, it was a really special moment that I publicly confessed my faith in Christ and uh, was was baptized soon after that. And the, God had radically transformed my life through that Resurrection Sunday. And so some people say, well, how do you know that Jesus is alive? And my number one answer is because, because of what he's done in my life. He's alive in me. As Nicole C. Mullen says, because I talked to him this morning, my Redeemer lives. And now the Mark's gospel, Mark does something that I think is so powerful. He he's he's quick. He he's 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 quick to get to a point. He doesn't use a lot of fluff. He's quick. He's going from one thing to another. He's wanting to tell a story. And in Mark's account of, of the resurrection, there's something that's hidden in there that I believe is so powerful and, and so relative to where where we are today in our lives. And it says in Mark chapter 16, verses, I'm going to read the whole story. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre or the sepulchre, like I say, at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that that stone had already been rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Do not be afraid, don't be afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where he laid him. But go your way and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you to Galilee. There you shall see him. Now, in verse 7, the angel tells Mary and, and Mary that tell the disciples and Peter. And really what the the angels conveying is the heart of the Lord, the heart of Jesus. We know that Peter had struggled in, in his faith just the night before, a couple of nights before when he was denied Jesus the three times. And I mean, you could almost tell that he he was beyond ruin. It says that he just he cursed. He was in, he was undone. He wept bitterly. This really, that, that episode in Peter's life, that ultimate and utter failure and disappointment that he did by denying Jesus was, he probably thought there was no way that he could be restored, no way that things could get better, no way that he would ever be welcomed in. He just, he felt like he probably ruined, ruined his chances of, of what laid before him, God's plan for his life. 
And I kind of relate that back to me when I sat in that cell. I felt like I just ruined everything. My decisions, my, my shortcomings, my inability to do things on my own. Man, it just came up short. It felt like it just ruined the plan of God for my life. Well, the message that was to Peter is the message to us. Hey, I want you. Hey, I got a plan for you. You haven't messed it up. That cross is more than enough, and this resurrection proves that I want you, saith the Lord. There's nothing we can't do that would separate us from the love of God. That's what the Bible says. That neither height nor death, neither things present nor things in the future, nor things to come, neither principalities or darkness could ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. He would die for you because of his love, but he rose so that he could justify you. (laughs) Just as if you've never sinned. To wipe that frailty, idiosyncrasies, shortcomings, mistakes, own effort, failures like I had, like Peter had, like most of us have had. But yet he still wants you. And that 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 message of that angel, Peter Jesus wants you. He wants you. He wants you is the message of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church today. Jesus wants you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he wants you. And him being alive today and forevermore is a significant piece of that puzzle that declares he wants you. That he did this for you. He's in hot pursuit of his people. I remember uh, been to Israel three times and one of my most fondest memories is going to this garden tomb. It's called Gordon's Garden Tomb. It's uh, just outside the Damascus Gate in the in the old city of Jerusalem. Uh, you walk out this very crowded Muslim quarter. It's a it's it's just a overwhelming feeling when you when you walk out and the midst of the crowds of the hustle and the bustle of the community, and you come come up the stairs and you go down this little quiet road and down this little alley and then you walk into this this garden and you come all the way to the back and it overlooks this bus stop and there's a cliff on that bus stop that looks like a skull and some some would say that on top of there is where Jesus was crucified Uh, it's not historically recognized as one of the areas but some scholars would say that that could be the area well, right around that corner, down a little bit, down this little garden area, down some steps, is this this several holes in the wall, and one of the holes in the wall is a tomb. And uh, some believe that that might have been Joseph of Arimathea's tomb that Jesus was laid in. And on the door, they have a door, wooden door, and on it it says he he is risen. You go in, and sure enough, it's empty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, one day I was sitting there. I had been in the tomb, and I came and I sat down in a bench underneath the shade tree looking at the tomb, maybe like 25 feet away, and I'm looking at the face of the tomb, looking right at it, right here on the left-hand side. The door shut, and and I'm just praying and just meditating. And it has, you know, just being overwhelmed at at the moment, the gravity of it, and how... The living God 
has made me alive. And it just is just, well, I, I look over and I see the door fling open and all of a sudden out bust this young man from, from maybe from China, from Asia, but he bust out of there like, whoo. And he just took off running. And I, I didn't I didn't see him go in. But boy, when he came out, he came out like a bullet. Woo! And I'm like, man. And the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that day, in that moment. <laughs> that's what happens when we encounter the living God. That his love goes to us in such a warp speed we can't comprehend it but when his love and his spirit gets inside of us because he's alive he makes us alive and he gives us the ability to go warp speed to the nations and to tell them the testimony of a god who saves hallelujah hallelujah he is risen and he is risen indeed So from my heart to yours, I pray that this Easter Sunday is one of great joy, one of great celebration, one of great exuberance, that your God is alive and he's alive forevermore. And not only that, but he wants you and he desires to get in you so he can go and work through you to this nation and to this generation. And so, Father, we bless you. We love you, God, and we thank you, Lord, that the grave couldn't hold you. Lord, your word says that, Lord, God, that you defeated every enemy. Lord, death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. That truly there's victory in you, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that there's no sin you can't forgive. There's no disease you can't heal. Lord, there's no mountain you can't move. Lord, there's no obstacle you can't conquer. And God, there's no virus you can't do away with, God. We thank you, Lord, that you and your death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus, is more than enough for all of us, God, and all that we would ever need. And we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would bring great peace and comfort and joy and your resurrected life to the hearts and homes of those who are listening. And we love you and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you real good and happy Easter.